The following episode is brought to you by A Beginner's Guide to Nutrition. Are you struggling to create healthy eating habits and maintain a healthy lifestyle? Do you find it challenging to know what to eat and when to eat it? If so, I have the perfect solution for you. My simple guide teaches you not to demonize food groups like fats and carbs. You will learn what to eat to lose weight and maintain your physique. You'll also discover how to build muscle, endurance, and strength. Taking accountability for your lifestyle is one step in the right direction. Learning to rehabit ourselves and eating this, not that, will also help you become the best version of yourself. Realizing that you need to learn how to eat in order to live in moderation is a challenging admission for some to make. The ability to determine that skipping breakfast sets you up for bad food decisions throughout the day sets you up for success in your fitness journey. But that's not all. After you've learned to create healthy habits and food choices, this book doubles as a food journal. This enables you to meticulously track your meals and have a quick reference on what foods to eat all in the same place. This is a blueprint to create a newer and healthier you. Don't wait any longer to take control of your health and wellness. Order my guide today and start becoming the best version of yourself. The link will be in the show notes. experience the show where i talk about sports and what's on my mind thank you for tuning in and enjoy the episode according to wikipedia the good old boy network is described as an informal system in which wealthy men with similar social or educational backgrounds help each other in business or personal matters. So what does that mean to me? It really means that people doing business with folks that they already know or have some sort of familiarity with. You see, this good old boy system exists throughout all sports and exists more in everyday life than people realize. Have you ever been in a position to hire someone? Chances are you already have a person in mind for that position before you either post a job formally or start conducting interviews for it. 
here's a more relatable position. Have you ever been friends with someone who is hiring for a position or has quote unquote connections to get you a job somewhere that you'd like to work? Chances are you started out in the latter than the former scenario. And if you work long enough, you'll likely find yourself smack dab in the middle of the former scenario. But here's the dirty little secret. Those are both examples of a good old boy network. So everybody hates the good old boy system until they themselves are the good old boy. Now, how does this discussion tie back into sports? Well, you see, most owners of professional teams are high level millionaires or even billionaires. And they would qualify as what I would call wealthy men and women from my uh, Wikipedia definition that I just read in the beginning. Now, people say that money doesn't change you, but it makes you more of what you already are. With that being said, if you are a person who would use a uh, good old boy network, chances are you'll definitely use it on a larger scale if you become mega rich. I think that's fairly simple. They certainly run their organizations with people who have similar educational or social backgrounds to them. And I believe that is an indisputable fact. I'm I'm just going to pass up a couple of examples as um, I'm going to present as evidence. So hear me out. Let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. If you look at the org chart for the Dallas Cowboys, there are a lot of people in the front office with the last name Jones. Now, you could call that nepotism, and it likely is. Maybe nepotism and the good old boy network is really sort of the same thing. But the greater point I'm trying to make here is that Jerry Jones, the owner of the team, is making sure to hire people that he knows or people that he's familiar with. Case in point, have you ever seen Dallas come in and swoop up the next up-and-coming hotshot coordinator? (laughs) No, you have not. And why is that? That's because Jerry Jones don't know these dudes. Jerry don't fool people he don't know. He goes and gets a Mike McCarthy. He goes and gets a Gus Bradley. Those are really safe names, and, and it's not too far to fathom that he's built relationships with these cats. But Jerry's not going to fire Mike McCarthy and hire an Eric Bieniemy. No shade to Eric Bieniemy, but doesn't seem like they know each other. Um, let's switch sports here. On to another example. So this is actually the scenario that inspired me to create this uh, episode here. So if you look at the nepotism and hiring of friends and family that takes place within U.S. soccer, it's ridiculous. Now, at at the time of of me recording this, I know today they came out and uh, they cleared house within U.S. soccer. A lot of familiar names and faces 
were uh, shown the door today. So some of this may be old, but guess what? Uh, they may go ahead and hire people from the good old boy network, if you get what I'm saying. But um, I really want to talk about this deal that happened with the Rainers and the Burhalters. So the Rainer family just exposed the system that was already there. And there, and there really is no clear indication that things are going to change in U.S. soccer. Now, Greg Burhalter was the coach. And I've seen reports say that uh, Claudio was his best friend. I've seen reports that say him and Claudio was homeboys. I think it's somewhere in the middle. But either way, Claudio, who was Gio's dad, we know that for a fact. So obviously, uh, Gio's talent speaks for itself. So I'm not saying that Gio being on the national team is nepotism. I mean, that, that would be ridiculous. But when the Rainers decided to vent to Ernie Stewart, who, as I said, uh, I wrote this before I uh, the news came out today. But when they decided to vent to Ernie Stewart, he was the U.S. soccer sporting director. And uh, they also vented to Brian McBride, who's also gone. But he was the general manager of U.S. soccer. And what do they vent to him about? They vented about the mistreatment of their son and his lack of playing time at the 2022 World Cup. In that venting, they decided to expose the Burhalter family's dirty little secrets. Things that they've buried in the past. Now, they never actually considered that the two employees, because that's what they are, the employees of U.S. soccer, they never considered that these two employees that they were venting to had jobs to honor and they had to open an, a formal investigation into the Burhalter situation. Now, in my opinion, the network was exposed super badly here. The fact that a player's family has that level of access to officials in U.S. soccer is baffling to me. I don't care that Claudio, who's Gio's dad, is a former player. Like, it's just too close. Have we heard Walker Zimmerman's parents speak out after he got benched? Or what about Zach Steffen's parents when he didn't even get a call up? This is this is an example to me of when hiring people to do jobs just because they have proximity and familiarity with you or to you can come back and bite you in the backside. Now, you you can argue about the success or lack thereof of the Dallas Cowboys and U.S. soccer. But the point that I'm really trying to drive home here is that rich and powerful people, they will make decisions that they choose to be the, the correct ones. And when it pertains to uh, choosing the personnel to run their organizations. And guess what? You know, you're still going to watch. You're still going to tune in. And you're still going to buy the jersey. And you're still going to wish success for the club or the organization. Even when they hire someone that you don't 
being capable to do the job. And in my opinion, it really is just like on draft day when you sit back as a fan, you pick it, you write out your mock draft. And you know, okay, we need a quarterback, we need a couple linebackers, or we need a point guard. And, and you convince yourself that the team is going to draft these dudes. And guess what? They draft eight dudes you've never heard of. But what do you do as a fan? Oh, man, they did a really good job. They picked up so-and-so. You were watching that dude. That dude wasn't on your radar. But guess what? You're going to go buy his jersey. And you're going to go root for him. You're going to go be a fan. Because that's that's sports. It, it, it's, it's, it's baked into sports. All of it. Um, I know I went on a tangent there about uh, draft picks. But that was something that... Uh, it was a, a side point that I wanted to make. But, you know, look at the Lakers. Look at... Rob Palenka, who, okay, let's back it up here. The Lakers are run by, at this point, Dr. Buss's kids. One of his kids was doing so bad that he got moved out of the way to make way for the sister, uh, Jeannie. Jeannie comes in and she hires Kobe's agent, Rob Palenka. Proximity, familiarity. She hires Rob Palenka. She hires Magic Johnson. Proximity, familiarity. Magic Johnson is a shrewd businessman. He's very successful. Rob Palenka was very successful as Kobe's agent. But I would argue that neither of those men demonstrated the ability to run a team with any level of competence before they got that job, before they got those jobs. And, you know, you may argue about their success or lack thereof. That's not really um, what I'm here to do. I'm just here to point out how familiar these things are. When you look at the Charlotte Hornets, uh, you can argue nepotism here, but I'm I'm really going to lump nepotism and I'm going to lump the good old boy network stuff all together because in my opinion, that's, that's exactly what it is. Proximity, familiarity, hiring people that you know and that you're comfortable with. Look at the Charlotte Hornets. Everybody that works for that organization either has the last name Jordan or they beat Michael Jordan in, in some way, form, or fashion. And when they get old or when they got old, the Hornets hired their kids. I mean, just go look at the org chart. I don't have the breakdown all in front of me. Um, I heard about it on the Basketball Illuminati podcast. But that is that is another organization that is very much run by um, familiarity and proximity to Michael Jordan. And it's understandable. People deal with who they're familiar with, who they know. 
That's another team that I will say you never really hear about them picking up a hot shot assistant coach to come run the team. They usually go and get a guy who's been around the league for a long time to be their head coach. They don't they, they don't do the young up and coming hot shot guy. That's not really how they get down. And you can argue about how that's been successful for them or not, but I think the point still stands. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I have any other point to make after this. So I think I'm going to end the episode here. I would uh, like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. Hopefully, you uh, enjoy the rebranded content. Uh, first off, let me give an applause to you. To you, the listener, without you, this is not possible. So thank you again. I really appreciate you for taking the time to tune in and check me out. And if this is something that you like, uh, check out the link to my socials in um, the show notes and interact with the show. And I think that's about all I have for you today. I appreciate you listening and peace.